It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is KSL's Religion Today, a weekly look at religion and spirituality here at home and around the world. Now, here's your host, Martin Tanner, on KSL News Radio. Today's show is on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. This is one of my favorite parts of the New Testament, the Sermon on the Mount is found in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. The phrase Sermon on the Mount comes from the Latin Vulgate version of the Bible, Sermo in Monte. The sermon takes place early in Jesus' ministry, after he was baptized, after his fast in the desert and temptation by Satan. The name and location of this hillside sermon aren't in the Bible, The Mount of Beatitudes is the traditional location, which is just north of Capernaum, off the northwest shore of the Sea of Galilee. Jesus had been preaching in and around Galilee. Great crowds were following him. Jesus went up onto the hillside. The crowds followed him, gathered around him, and he began to preach. Here is my plain Modern English account of what Jesus said. Quote, God blesses those who keep their life focused on him. They belong to his kingdom. God blesses those who grieve. They will find comfort. God blesses those who are humble. The earth will belong to them. God blesses those who want to obey him even more than they want to eat and drink. They will be given what they need. God blesses those who are merciful. They will be treated with mercy. God blesses those who are pure. They will see him. God blesses those who make peace. They will be called his children. God blesses those who are treated badly for doing what's right. They belong to the kingdom of heaven. God will bless you when people insult you, mistreat you, and tell all kinds of evil lies about you because of me. Be happy and excited. You will have a great reward in heaven. People did these same things things to the prophets who lived long ago. You are like the salt for everyone on earth. You make things taste good. But if salt goes bad and it can't make food taste good anymore, all it's good for is to be thrown out and walked on. So you must be careful. You are a light for the whole world. A city built on top of a hill can't be hidden. 
No one would light a lamp and then cover it up. No one would turn on a flashlight and then not use it to see. A lamp is placed on a lampstand and a flashlight is used to find things where they can give light. Make your light so shine that others will see the good you do and praise your Father in heaven. Don't suppose I came to do away with the Old Testament, the law, and the prophets. I did not come to do away with them, but to give them their full meaning. Heaven and earth may disappear, but I promise you that not even one period or comma, not the dot of an I or the cross of a T, will ever disappear from the law. Everything written and inspired by God will happen. If you reject even the least important command in the law and teach others to do the same, you will be the least important person in the kingdom of heaven. But if you obey and teach others God's will, you will have an important place in God's kingdom. You must follow and do God's will, not the will of false teachers and purveyors of fake news and false promises. If you obey false teachers and purveyors of fake news and false promises, you will never get into the kingdom of God. The Old Testament says, do not murder A murderer must be brought to trial. But I promise you that if you are angry with someone, you will stand trial before God. If you call someone a fool, you will have to account before God. And if you say that someone is worthless, you will be in danger of the fires of hell. If you are about to place your gift on God's altar... And then remember someone is angry with you. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. Make peace with that person who is angry with you. Then come back and offer your gift to God. Before you are dragged into court, be cordial and polite with the person who has accused you of doing wrong. If you don't, it will not go well for you in court. You will not get out until you have paid every penny you owe or more. You know the commandment, which says, be faithful in marriage. But I tell you that if you look at and want to be with someone other than your spouse, you are already unfaithful in your thoughts. If your right eye causes you to sin, poke it out and throw it away. It's better to lose part of your body than to end up in hell. If your right hand causes you to sin, Chop it off. Throw it away. It's better to lose it than to be thrown into hell. You've been taught that to divorce, you have to fill out divorce papers. But I'm telling you something different. Don't divorce unless your spouse has done something really terrible. Remember, if you divorce, not only are you being unfaithful, you are causing your spouse to be unfaithful to you. 
The Old Testament says, don't use the Lord's name to make a promise unless you are going to keep it. But I'm telling you not to swear by anything when you make a promise. Don't swear by heaven. Don't swear by the earth. Don't swear by Jerusalem. Don't swear by your own head. You can't make one hair of it longer or shorter, darker or lighter. When you make a promise, say only yes or no. Anything else comes from the devil. The Old Testament says, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I'm telling you not to try to get even with a person who has done something wrong to you. When someone slaps you on the right side of your face, turn your head and let them slap the left side of your face too. If someone sues you for your shirt, give them your coat too. If someone forces you to carry their pack a mile, carry it for them two miles. When someone asks you for something, give it to them. When they want to borrow money, lend it to them. The Old Testament says, love your neighbors and hate your enemies, but I tell you to love your enemies and pray for anyone who mistreats you. Then you will be acting like your Father in heaven. He makes the sun rise on both good and bad people, and he sends rain for the ones who do right and also for the ones who do wrong. If you love only those who love you, will God reward you for that? Even bad people love their friends. If you greet only your friends, what's so great about that? Don't even unbelievers do that. You must always act like your Father in heaven. Stay tuned for the second part of the Sermon on the Mount in modern English. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. We'll be back right after these short messages. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Religion Today with host Martin Tanner continues on KSL News Radio. We're back. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. This is the Sermon on the Mount. We're about halfway through it in modern English, my rendition. So I take full uh, responsibility for the modern day translation here. We're at the point where we are talking about giving. This is right after Jesus tells people to act like their Father in heaven acts. Then he says, quote, When you do good deeds, don't show off by telling everyone about it. If you do, you have your reward, and you won't get a reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to the poor, don't make a big deal out of it. 
That's what show-offs do. They're always looking for worldly praise. They already have their reward. When you help someone who is poor or in need, help them and don't tell anyone about it. Your help will be given in secret, but your Father in heaven knows what is done in secret, and he will reward you. When you pray, don't be like show-offs who love to stand up and pray in meetings and on street corners and on TV. They do this just to look good. They already have their reward. When you pray, go into a room alone. Close the door. Pray to your Father in private. He knows what is done in private, and he will reward you. When you pray, don't talk on and on like those who don't know God. They think God likes to hear long prayers. Don't be like them. Father in heaven knows what you need before you ask. This is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, help me honor your name. Help me build your kingdom so everyone on earth will obey you just as you are obeyed in heaven. Please help me find food this day. Please forgive me for wronging others conditioned on my forgiving those who have wronged me. Please help me avoid temptation and please, please protect me from evil. Amen. If you forgive others for the wrongs they do to you, your Father in heaven will forgive you. If you don't forgive others, Father in heaven won't forgive your sins. When you fast, don't try to look gloomy as show-offs do when they fast. They have their reward. Instead, comb your hair, wash your face, act like normal so others won't know you're fasting. Father in heaven sees and knows everything, and he will reward you. Don't focus on earthly possessions. They break rust, fall apart. Thieves can steal them. Instead, focus on heaven. Things in heaven don't break. They don't rust or fall apart. And thieves don't steal things in heaven. Your heart will always be where your focus is. So focus on heaven. Your eyes are like a window for your body when you focus your eyes on good, you have a spiritual light, like good light coming through a window. But when you focus your eyes on bad things, it's like something bad coming through a window. Your life will become dark without spiritual light. It never works to have two conflicting goals. Either you will achieve one but not the other. Or you will work a little towards each one and never achieve either. You can't serve both God and evil. I tell you not to worry about your life in the sense that you shouldn't worry about what you're going to eat and what you're going to wear. The important things in life aren't what you eat and what you wear. Look at the birds in the sky. 
They don't plant. They don't harvest. They don't go to the store. They don't store food anywhere. Yet your Father in heaven takes care of them. You're worth more to Father in heaven than many birds. Does worrying help you live longer? No, it does not. So why worry about clothes? Look about you. See how the wildflowers grow. They don't focus on fine clothes. Yet Solomon, with all his wealth, wasn't as well clothed as even one of them. God gives such beauty to everything that grows, even though it is here today and thrown into a fire tomorrow. Don't worry about this earthly life. If you do what's right, God will surely do even more for you. Why do you have so little faith? Don't worry about food. Don't worry about drink. Don't worry about clothes. Only people who don't know God are always worrying about such things. Your Father in heaven knows what you need. Instead, focus on God's work. Then the other things will be yours as well. Don't worry about tomorrow. It will take care of itself. You have enough to worry about today. Don't condemn others. And God won't condemn you. God will be as hard on you as you are on others. He will treat you exactly how you treat others. You see everyone else's faults, but not your own. It's as if you would notice every sliver in other people's eyes, but you wouldn't notice it if a two-by-four were jammed in your own eye. What's the matter with you? How can you say, my friend, I want to help you? I want you to know you have this sliver in your eye. I'll take it out. How can you say that when you don't even notice the two by four in your own eye? Look at yourself first. You better take care of your own faults before you start pointing out the faults of others. Don't try to give things of God to those who are evil or not ready for it. They will only turn and attack you. You wouldn't give pearl necklace to pigs. They would only trample it. Ask and you will receive. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Everyone who asks will receive. Everyone who searches will find. Everyone who is hungry will eventually be fed. If your child asked you for a good pet, would you give them a rattlesnake? Of course not. As bad as you are, you still know how to give good gifts to your children. I tell you, your heavenly Father is even more ready and more able to give good things to those who asks. Remember, there are many ways to pursue evil. Picture them as wide gates and many roads easy to follow. But look instead for happiness. It's like a narrow gate, not as easy to find but it's there for everyone who looks for it. Now, a warning. Not everyone who calls me their Lord will get into God's kingdom. Only those who obey Father in heaven will get in. On the day of judgment, many find themselves before me and will say, Lord, I taught the truth. I didn't spread lies. I promised good things, but I will tell them, 
I have nothing to do with you. Get out of my sight, you evil people. Anyone who hears and obeys these things of mine is like a wise person who built a house on solid rock and rain poured down and rivers flooded and winds beat against that house, but it did not fall. And anyone who hears my teachings and doesn't obey is like a foolish person who builds their house on sand and the rains poured down and the rivers flooded and the wind blew and beat against it. The house was destroyed. When Jesus finished speaking, the crowds were utterly astonished at his words because no one had ever taught them like that. He taught them the truth. Close quote. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. Join me again next week. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.